Let's go ahead and turn it, uh, turn your Bibles to Psalm 139. That's our scripture reading this morning, Psalm 139. Psalm 139, beginning with verse 1. And obviously we'll come back to this, but as well we're looking at a number of other places in your uh, Bibles this morning, all of which at the bottom of your sermon notes where it says be set free from worthless lies those scriptures are all right there at the bottom um and i also forgot to put on the back the thing that's on the back that is from uh the uh set free so to speak uh, um freedom from uh one of the things that many of you have used from neil anderson uh so that's just where that thing comes from back all right Psalm 139, verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. O Lord, you hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will be dark, will not be dark to you. And night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made and your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was hidden from you and when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in the book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O Lord. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. Father, as we open up your word, we open up our hearts this day to hear. Not just in our heads, but in our hearts. And not just in our hearts, but that we might translate that to our hands to doing your word. And being who you've called us to be. Lord, speak. Help me to speak your words. I pray that you would go beyond anything I say, though. I know amongst all the voices that you, Holy Spirit, can break through and speak truth this day. Set us free. Set me free to speak. Set us free to hear and do. And be different this day. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. And amen. So, when you get up in the morning, how many of you uh, this morning went... To the mirror there's at least a mirror in front of you anybody not have a mirror in your house now you don't have to tell me that uh you may not 
But you get up, and, and it's just different. Everybody's a little different, right? You get up right before you're getting ready to come. You just kind of look at it and say, you look good. <laughs> yeah, you. You know, others of us, uh, uh, you know, some of you might come up and, and just kind of look in like, ugh. Uh, you look as good as it's ever going to get. Maybe I won't go this morning. Right? And there are people who really do think that. I mean, it's just like, maybe I just won't go. I don't feel, you know, on, on how we think about ourselves. Uh, and, and it's not just sometimes when we look in the mirror what we are seeing on the outside. Oftentimes, as we stand there at the mirror, there is a deeper look. There is something deeper that we're seeing about ourselves. And we're not always liking what we're seeing. There are different voices, so to speak, that we're hearing. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to when you look in the mirror, so to speak? You don't actually have to look in a mirror, but who are you listening to? So many today are hearing over and over worthless lies about themselves. Lies that they do not matter, that they're not important. I, I don't deserve anything good. They are no good or good for nothing, insignificant, meaningless, unimportant, useless, inferior, valueless. They don't measure up. They are not enough. Not enough brains, not enough looks, not enough talents, not enough treasure, not enough, just period. And it would be interesting to see a show of hands right now, not about yourself, so we're not asking get out yourself or where you're at, but just how many of you here today at least know someone, one person, that often sees themselves and struggles with seeing themselves as worthless or valueless? How many know people like that? Look at all those hands. Look at that. Not that I doubt it, that would be. Which is why we need to be set free. We need to be set free from the worthless lies that are out there. Listening and believing worthless lies that are meant not just to slow us down, but to bring us down and take us out of the race. But there is a strategy to deal with that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, you see up here on the screen, For the weapons of our warfare are not the, of flesh, but have divine power to demolish strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. To take every thought captive to control. To take every thought captive means to control, to conquer every thought to bow to the Lord Jesus Christ. Instead of giving in, that we would in turn it around, even turn it around today from those worthless thoughts and take those worthless thoughts and have them, in a sense, give up and become obedient to Jesus, to His thoughts, to the way they should be. The good news this morning as we continue on our, our set free series, and we've been doing this set free, 
from our chains. I'm going to ask Bon as she's right there. So, yeah. So somebody was telling me we're, 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 uh, we're learning. So is, is this something? Oh, okay, like this. Got it. Okay. And what are we doing? Free. All right. I thought it was something. So this is the F, right? Because that's like an F. Right. This is S. That would be Savior. Or C. Yes. If I... That's a T. Yeah, I don't want to do that. That's over that way. All right. Ready? Oh, yes. I meant... I didn't... That's you're right. That's T. All right. See, I need reviewed. I don't get to watch her because she's like doing it while I'm preaching, so I have to pay attention to myself. Uh, all right, so, free. Think about, and it's almost like there's are chains on us, and we're free. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Think about it. We are free. This is what Jesus wants for us, to be free. How we break free of these lies and turn the tables and, and take those lies, those thoughts into captivity. There's two ways that we're going to look at this morning on how we do that. And first is we must reject the worthless lies. That may sound simple, but that's not what we do. We must reject the worthless lies. What mirrors are we looking at? What lies are we listening to? Oftentimes, the mirror that we are looking at, the lies that we are listening to, are other people. It's from others. You know that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, words will mess me up. Isn't that the way it goes? Because it's certainly not words will never hurt me. Some are still hurting from years and years of words that were said. Whether people tear us down on purpose or unintentionally in passing. Even just some sarcastic remark. They're just joking with you because that's what friends do. But for some reason, this, even though they had innocent motives, for some reason the words that they used slipped through the crack in our armor and really hurt and wounded us. And it hurt more because it came from that particular person. But the truth is, somebody else could have heard those exact same words and it meant nothing to them. It didn't hurt them. It didn't mean anything. Why is that? What is going on? And in fact, that can happen in our families. In our families, you can have the same family, the same circumstances, the same time, and the same words. And one person grows up and says, man, I had a great family life. Another person says, my family life was horrible and just oppressive. Two siblings. They could be twins, and yet they both took it different ways. How we're listening. We need to reject the worthless lies. Because those worthless lies are holding us captive in the darkness. In, in Psalm 139, if in verse 11, if I say, Surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. It may seem like dark, but listen. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. No matter how dark 
we may feel about ourselves, no matter how dark comments may come at us from others and lies, if God is there, there is light. Is God with you? Is God in you? It doesn't have to be the way we are always taking it. We need to recognize that those things that we're hearing, those things that we're thinking, those are not from God. They are not light. They are dark. And we need to reject them. Why are we letting certain people be the mirror that determines who we are and whether we have worth? For some, this worthless lies, these worthless lies have gotten a foothold all the way back to our childhood. You see that pick up there, it's a familiar pick from childhood in a sense. And, and not so much focusing on the mirror there, but to focus on the person because oftentimes that is who our family member is, or at least we picture our fam- a particular family member in charge or over us as we were growing up is kind of the, the wicked witch. You know, that's who I had as a, a mother, a father, as a, a whoever. I had, that's, that's the person I had. But I want you to look and see in this picture, you may have had the wicked witch as your parent, but guess what? All they were doing was passing on the worthless lies that they themselves have heard from something else, from another mirror that they had. And it wasn't even as bad for you as it was for them. Sometimes we don't recognize the hurt and the lies that just keep passed on from generation to generation. And and while you may have grown up with a rough childhood, you may have been beaten down not only with words but in other ways, forever pointing back and blaming what others said or did to you in your past will not bring freedom in your present. I'm not saying it was right. I'm not saying anything about that. But what I am saying is whatever happened in your past continuing to dwell and go to that will not give you freedom in your present. For some people, it's like a door is closed to anything potentially positive that could go contrary to the lie. You have so received those lies that become a part of you that if anybody says anything contrary, anybody says anything positive, anything says anything about your worth, then you either don't hear it or it just bounces off. But anybody says anything different than that, Oh, yeah. I hear that. There is a point where these worthless lies don't just have a foothold, but they have a stronghold in our lives. A stronghold that the enemy himself has finally been said, you know, I'll take some of that action. I'll get in on that. We need to reject the worthless lies. To take those thoughts captive that they might be taken down, destroyed, demolished. Many of us, uh, at least with our heads, recognize that just because somebody says something doesn't make it true, right? How many of us know? Just because somebody says something does not make it true. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that we do not get. 
Because while we know that, we don't have to believe everything somebody says. Well, we don't have to believe everything somebody says for some reason. We think we should believe everything we think. You see, where we are getting these worthless lies are not just from other people, but from our very own self. There are things that we ourselves are saying to ourselves that are worse than what anybody else can say. And we think, because we think it, because it's in our head, those are the thoughts that we're having, well, it must be true. We would never accept those words from somebody else. That would be ridiculous. I will never accept that from somebody else. But for some reason, we accept it when it comes from within. We think, well, it must be true. That's how it really is. But we do not always speak the truth to ourselves. It may be how you truly feel. It may be that it's true for you. I'm not denying that. What I'm saying is just because it's true in your thoughts, it's true in your feelings, doesn't make it the truth. We need to reject the lies that we're telling ourselves. Beating ourselves up, punishing ourselves about something more than anyone else around. Why did I do that? I'm such a stupid idiot. I can't do anything right. I'm a worthless failure. Maybe you don't even verbalize those out, but are those thoughts that go on in your head? Or something likened to that? Even as a Christian... Even as Christians, how we we got all this going for us, and yet what we focus on is how much we fail because we don't read God's Word like we should. We are not reading God's Word enough. We don't pray enough. We don't do all kinds of things enough. We're not bad. We're not doing things that are that are bad, but we're never good enough. Reject the worthless lies. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that I read earlier up on the screen in verse 3, right before it tells us that though we walk in the flesh, though we walk in the flesh, in other words, though we are human, we do not war in the flesh or in a human way. The world will try to talk to us, though, about a human and a worldly way to deal with this, what I'm talking about. We're kind of exploring the problem, talking about it, and we're going to get more and more into the solution here. But the world will try to say, here's how you do it. But we are not those who should war war against this in the way the world does. See, what the world will tell you is that you need to have these feel-good-about-yourself philosophies. The world will try to tell you there needs to be this self-help way of thinking about things. Pump yourself up. Pump up your self-esteem. You need to have a positive self-image. See the true you. You need to love yourself along with just get that focus on you. Take care of you. And so many exchange the worthless lie of the other for this lie. That is telling us to have pride in ourselves. Hopefully I don't have to go there to tell you that people of God having pride is not a positive thing. And yet that's the world's solution to these worthless lies. Is have pride in yourself. And it's all about self. Think about yourself. That doesn't help us. It's just one lie for another. Instead, we should be relying on the truth. That, because here's the thing. 
if you rely on that and you do the world's way of self-esteem, build yourself up, you know, you got to build yourself up, you pump yourself up and you're feeling really good. There will come a day, there will come a person or something that will happen that will knock you down. No matter how much you can build up your self-esteem, something's going to happen to knock that down. Because it's not built on a firm foundation of truth. We're missing it. The truth that is God's word, the truth that is how God feels about you, cannot be knocked down or shaken. You know, when we start to talk about this whole being set free, our struggle is not against other people's voices, ultimately, or even against our own self and what we say. But often, our struggle is against Satan himself. Maybe he didn't start it. But once it got started and it's going, he's like, hey, like I said earlier, he's a part of that. It already had a foothold. He just wants to change it into a stronghold. The one who Jesus says in John 10, who comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. Some of you have been losing this battle for so long that a stronghold has been formed against you. There is a place in your life where Satan keeps launching attacks from, even to the point where you know it, but you're not willing to admit to anyone that you actually literally hear voices in your head. And these voices, oftentimes, is Satan, his demons. The father of lies, as John 8 says. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar, the father of lies. And Jesus goes on and trying to tell them in the next verse, it says, But I tell you the truth, but you do not believe me. Who are we going to believe? Which one? We need to reject the worthless lies and recognize who we are listening to. We need to do this. We need a, a mirror of truth. That, that doesn't change based on our circumstances. It doesn't change based on what other people are saying and other voices, a truth that we should be grabbing a hold of that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which is not how we feel about ourselves. That's not truth. Because you know, whether it's a week ago or... 10 years ago, you felt differently about yourself than you do now, and you will feel differently on 10 years down from now. It may be true right now, but that's not truth. Truth does not change. Truth does not move. It is firm, unchanging. And there's only one place that we can find that truth. And it's not from all those other voices. It's only one place we can find that truth, and that truth is from God the God who knows us. Psalm 139, where we started with, look at verse 1. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. God knows you. You may think you know yourself, but God knows you even better than you know yourself. You, verse 2. You know when I sit and when I rise. We say, okay, God sees me. He knows what's going on. He knows. No, it's, it's more than just God looks on the outside and sees what you're doing just like anybody else. He says, you perceive my thoughts from afar. 
You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways before a word is on my tongue. You know it completely. Before you even speak a word, God knows it. He knows you more than anyone else. He is the voice that we should be listening to. He is the one that we need to hear. We must reject the worthless lies. We must reject the worthless lies. And number two, we must replace the lies with the truth. It's not enough to reject worthless lies. That's what people try to do all the time. Man, I gotta stop doing this. And so all they do is focus on trying to stop. I gotta stop it. Gotta stop, 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 stop. It doesn't work. Not for long. Then you just start up. The problem is we don't just gotta stop something, we gotta start something. We gotta stop the lies, but we need to start with the truth. We we need to start with the, the thoughts that are right, that are good, that are lovely. We need to start with those thoughts and when we look in the mirror, the mirror in a sense, and see that, and we know that mirror is the Word of God. Mirror, that the Bible talks about that even in James, about the mirror of God, that we look and, and we see ourselves there in that Word. The Word that is the sword of the Spirit. Think, what is the sword? Just take the S away. What do you got? Word, right? Take the S away of that sword. You've got the word. That's what this is that we're, we're using. Today, I've given you, I'm going to give you as we go from here this morning, but also on their sheets, uh, sermon notes, all kinds of scripture references and verses. And these are all uh, swords, so to speak, for you to be able to use. How do we do that? How do we replace? Well, how do we replace that? Let's look at it this. Worthless or worth more? Which one are we? When we think about we've got to replace it with the truth. Replace the lies with the truth that we have worth as God's creation. How, how many of you ever, um, and around here, it, it, and I know it's been snowing forever and it seems like winter, but it, I know it's beautiful around here, right? You know, how many of you ever gone out and, and you just, maybe, maybe you don't even hike, you just go to some place that's easy to walk. But you just look at God's creation and think, wow, that's just beautiful. I, you, you can't, you couldn't pay for this view. That's just amazing. You look at, at God's creation and you're just, you're just awestruck. Or do you look at God's creation and you look at everything out there and say, man, I don't know if I would do it that way. I, I don't know. If, I mean, the, the mountain scene is so cool. You got the, I know the mountain scene. You got the white caps on the top. But, you know, these mountains have that gray stuff right underneath the snow. There's gray, kind of a dark gray. I, don't, I think I would have used like chartreuse or something. I, I, I don't know. You don't even know what chartreuse is, right? What is that? Now, I, what, what would it? We don't do that. We look at it. And even if we saw a picture, if I put a picture up there, gosh, well, look, that's beautiful. But when we see a picture of ourself, we don't say that's beautiful. Instead, we say, 
I don't know if I would have done it like that. I think this is not quite, and this is not quite right, you know, and I shouldn't. Isn't that what we're doing? That is God's creation out there in the mountains, and so is this. All of which is God's creation. And when we use those worthless lies about ourselves as God's creation, we are criticizing the Creator. Oh, no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not criticizing God. When I look in the mirror or whatever, when I say things about myself that are not right or I recognize that, I'm not criticizing God. Really? Think about it. If I draw you a picture, like there's some drawing going on here, I think, maybe. So if I drew a picture all out on the piece of paper there and made it and gave it to you, and then you said, that doesn't really look like a person. And then and you started just kind of picking apart my drawing. And you, you started saying, well, I, I think you should probably use this color and I don't think you should do this. But, but, but I'm not criticizing you, Pastor Tim. I'm just criticizing the paper and what's on it. Really? Do you think I'm going to buy that? Now, I would buy that somebody be criticizing my drawing. The Lord, the Lord has blessed me in a number of ways, but I can't even do stick men well. So I can understand somebody being a little critical about it, but here's the thing. God is perfect. His drawing is really, really good. And when we criticize by the words we use, even about ourselves, His creation, we are criticizing the Creator. Psalm 139, where we are at, speaks about this. You know, think about it. When we... God placed every star in the sky. He formed the mountains. He did all of the creation. And yet, for some reason, we say, God, when you made me, you messed up. Psalm 139, verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. What are the works that are wonderful? I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And then I say, your works, and a work is something that is made. Your works, therefore me, are wonderful i know that full well that actually says it right there see that i know that full well do we my frame was not hidden from you when i was made in the secret place when i was woven together in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be and yet we can say, God, you did all that so well, but when you knit me together, you missed a stitch or two. Really? Stop. Reject those worthless lies and replace them with the truth. That you are fearfully and wonderfully made and that all his works are wonderful. Ephesians 2, verse 10 says, You are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. 
replace those worthless lies. Replace them. Worthless are worth more because of the high price. Think of it this way. The, the, we've got the worthless lies, but yet what, are we worth more because God paid a high price for us? In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. You're not your own. You were bought with a price. It makes no sense to say that we are worthless when we are worth so much that God so loved us that he sent his one and only son. It makes no sense to say that we are worthless when Jesus from heaven decided to humble himself, as Philippians 2 says, and become a man, and not just that, to become obedient even unto death. It makes no sense to say we're worthless when that is the cross, that is the price. There's an old illustration of how much does God love us, and it says that Jesus stood up and he stretched out his hands and said, I love you this much, and they nailed him to the tree. Right? They nailed him to the cross. That's how much he loved us. How can we not reject the worthless lies? If there is, if something, something's value is determined by the price that was paid for it, then we are priceless, not worthless. If something's value is determined by the price that was paid, then we are priceless because He is priceless not because it has to do with me who i am what i do and all those kind of things but i am priceless because he is priceless he paid the price for me we need to replace those worthless lies and think about are we worthless or are we worth more when we think about that he has chosen to dwell within us to live within us if we're worthless why was the holy spirit the holy spirit of god come to dwell in us first corinthians six nineteen. you do you not know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit within you whom you have from god galatians two twenty. it is not i who live but christ lives in me God's Spirit is within you. God, the Spirit of God, is in me, is in you if you are a believer here today. Why would He choose to dwell in you if you are worthless? In fact, more than that, what do you see when you look in the mirror? A picture of the person that you should be seeing is Jesus. When we let, at least in part, because that's who God sees. When he looks at us, in a sense, we say, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, even as from the Lord, the Holy Spirit. Are we seeing? That we are in Christ. That Colossians 3 says, Our life is hidden with Christ. Why would our life be hidden with Christ if we're worthless? We need to replace those lies. Worthless or worth more? Replace the worthless lies to understand that God has us in His family. 
here's the, what we need to replace with. God has you, called you to be a part of His family. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. We are no longer strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. God sees His child when He looks upon you. In John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, talks about how He gave us right to become children of God. Children born not of natural or human descent, but what? Born of God. As part of his family. In fact, because of this, Galatians 4 says, Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Daddy, Father. You are no longer a slave, but God's child. Since you are his child, also you have been made. He's made you an heir. An heir with him to receive the inheritance that is due us as children of God. You are important and value part of God's family if you are in Christ. And you are so important that he will not forget you. Isaiah 49 verse 15, when you think about the whole family thing. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, it's unlikely, but though she may forget, I will not forget you. Why? Because you are valuable as his child. Okay, so everything that we've looked at so far, we need to recognize that we need to replace that. Everything that we've looked at so far as believers says that, that we are priceless. But here's the thing. Somebody might say, because I, uh, there are probably somebody here today, you may not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You may not have stepped across that line and really uh, made that commitment to him to follow him. And so in all that I've said, somebody could just argue, you know what? For those who are Christians, for those who have come to Christ, they are a part of his family. They do have the Holy Spirit. They do have all that. And so they're not worthless because you've come to Christ. But before you come to know Christ, somebody would say, I am worthless. Let me say, I, I, I am worthless because I am a sinner. Uh, in fact, let's be real about it. The Bible says that before we came to Christ, we were enemies of God. We were His enemies. So are we worthless? If so, why did the Good Shepherd leave the 99 and come after us? Are we worthless when we don't know Christ? If so, why would God send His Son to die for us? But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8. Before you ever knew him, while you were still sinners. More than that, Romans 5, 10. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been and what's happened. God loves you. You are not worthless. You are priceless to him because he gave his son even when we were still the enemies. The ultimate truth comes down to this thing against all the lies, and that is that God loves you. Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us that we would be called children of God. In First John or Isaiah 43, this is what the Lord says, who created you, who formed you. Uh, you are mine. I have redeemed you. I've called you. You're precious in my eyes. And I love you.
Isaiah 43. There are plenty of other places like in Jeremiah. I've loved you with an everlasting love. How precious are your thoughts that can't be outnumbered about me. Some would even wonder whether, I don't know exactly how you say it, whether God has a tattoo, so to speak, with you, but he's engraved us on the palm of his hands. More than that, how about this one? The Lord your God, let me step back. The Lord your God is in your midst. All right, here's the promise, each one of you. The Lord your God is with you. Amen? You you, you got that truth? We got that truth usually. That one we got. He is a mighty one who will save. You got that? He will rejoice over you with gladness. Do you got that? Ah, yeah, it's a little harder. Either that or you're... I I thought I had you awake for just a little bit here. All All right, so we know that God is with us. God is in our midst. Yes, and... We even are pretty sure that he saves us. But what does it say? He will rejoice over you with gladness. Does he rejoice over you with gladness? How many believe that this is the word of God? How many believe the word of God is true? Okay, so I'm going to ask you again. Does he rejoice over you with gladness? He rejoices over you because he will quiet you by his love. How many believe that? Will he quiet you by his love? All right, one more here. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Now, before you say amen or yes or hallelujah or whatever words you're going to use. Earlier, worship team, thank you. We were rejoicing over God with loud singing. Some were louder than others. God is rejoicing over you. There is a song with your name being sung in heaven. How many of you believe and are willing to replace the worthless lies with this truth that he will exalt over you with loud singing? How many of you need to? How many of you need to? Because some of you might honestly have been saying like, I know it's up there, but really, man, I just can't get it. I don't. How many of you know you need to get this? Let me hear one, two, three, amen. One, two, three. Amen. That's right. We need to get that. That's what it is. That's what he's saying. When we make, we need to make the decision that the mirror that we are going to look at ourselves is the Word of God. That is the truth that sets us free, the truth that does not change. Instead of being taken captive by worthless lies in our life, we need to be set free by the truth that we are not worthless, we are priceless. We have meaning. Reject the lies, replace this truth, replace with the truth. 
take the word of God that we've been talking about right here and swing away, so to speak, swing away using the sword, the word in a number of different ways. When these thoughts come, you swing away at them using this word. And part of it is you just, you know, you've got it and I got it. Well, I don't know if I remember it. That's why we need to memorize it. That word of I hid my heart that I might not sin against you in all of these kind of things. We need to memorize part of that. Get it not just in our head, but get it into our heart. And when we say this, and that's kind of why I say, do you believe this? I can say it today, but tomorrow morning when things go wrong, there's still somebody saying, do you believe this is true? Is this truth? And it is true for you. See, that's the problem. I can share you all kinds of Bible verses. You can have a Bible verse in front of you. You could put them on cards to help you memorize, which you should. For many people, put them all over the place. In fact, I have a picture of a a young lady, a couple of... uh, uh, a number of years ago, and this doesn't even do justice because apparently all across the side of her car and other places of her car, uh, after she was delivered from worthless lies of the enemy, she recognized that she needed to continue to fight that battle. And so she put verses everywhere. Now, please understand, just because you put verses, that's not like there's some kind of magic thing that then protects you because of the verses. And just because the verses are there doesn't mean anything if you don't believe that they're true. They have no power if we don't believe that what the Word of God says is true. We have to believe this truth. But as we memorize this, as we memorize the Word, it comes into our head, and we've got it into our head. But beyond our head, it needs to travel down to our heart where we not just believe it, but that we live it. In fact, we live in it. You see, it gets to the point where the word of God that we're talking about in these different things and the truth of what God is gets so much a part of us, becomes so much a part of us that we no longer have to swing away at the worthless lies using the word of God. Oh, I know the scripture for that. I'm going to go like this. Hey, you know, I, I, I don't have to live because God's singing songs of, of uh, loud singing, joy over me. God rejoices over me. I don't have to do that anymore. Because the truth of God's word has so become a part of who I am that those worthless lies now come at me, just bounce off. You understand? You don't have to swing away. After a while, you don't have to keep swinging away. Because you've already won it. You've won that part of the battle. And your armor is strong enough. You've got the helmet of salvation firmly on, blocking out the thoughts of the enemy and anything else. You don't have to swing away because no longer is it have those worthless lies have any power to harm you. You know that, and they just bounce off. They have no meaning. That's where we need to get ourselves, to be set free. Set free from these lies, recognizing the greatest truth of all, that God loves you. You are valuable. You are worth so much I'm going to give you an opportunity as we sing this song about God's love and how he loves us to respond whether it's where you're at or to come forward to have somebody uh, pray with you we're talking about being set free and if, if you've got this and you know God's speaking to us about this today to you and you just walk away and say yeah I got it that was good you've got it here but do you have it here And more than that, do you need something more than just having it here? Do you need others to be joining with you to pray? Do you need more than that for others to be praying against 
the enemy. You're trying to do this battle yourself, but there is an enemy that wants to take you down. And we want to help. We recognize that sometimes what I'm talking about today is a battle that you will continue to fight for a little bit. It's healing. You know, sometimes God heals like that. Sometimes the healing takes place over time. Sometimes it's with doctors or medicine. But let us not forget that God can heal like that. Just like whatever the problem is that we're experiencing with these lies, these worthless lies, God can, like that, set you free. But not if you don't ask. He wants to meet you right where you're at. There's a song that was used, uh, King and Country song, Priceless. I believe it was a movie as well. Mirror, mirror on the wall, telling those lies, pointing out your flaws. That isn't who you are. That isn't who you are. It might be hard to hear, but let me tell you, dear, if you could see what I can see, I know you would believe. That isn't who you are. There's more to who you are. So when it's late, you're wide awake, too much to take. Don't dare you... Don't you dare forget that in the pain you can be brave. Hear me say, I see you dressed in white, every wrong made right. I see a rose in bloom at the side of you. Oh, so priceless, irreplaceable, unmistakable, incomparable. Darling, it's beautiful. I see it all in you. Oh, so priceless. No matter what you've heard, this is your worth. More than all the money or diamonds and pearls. Oh, this is who you are. Yes, this is who you are. And that is what God says to you. Father, I pray that you'd help us now to be set free. It may be that there are those here today that these kind of things have already been a part of who they are and it just bounces off of them. The lies of the enemy in these areas. But Lord, you have called us to proclaim freedom to the prisoner freedom, healing, and life. And I pray that you'd help set us free to do that as we leave here this morning. But Lord, we want to do that for others that are here this morning, that they would find that freedom in you, to recognize who they really are, to see the truth, and to believe it, to trust you, and to be set free from the worthless lies. Father, we pray that you would meet people here today when they're pure as they come forward that you would replace those lies with your overwhelming truth of your love oh how you love us so much in your name we pray amen